At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It has been one of the most talked about and debated topics in Alberta politics for months now. The Sovereignty Act. It goes back prior to the election, back when Danielle Smith was running to be leader of the UCP. Um, It's a piece of legislation finally passed about a year ago now. And ever since, it's just sort of sat there like some kind of weapon waiting to be wheeled out onto the battlefield that is the current state of Alberta-Ottawa relations. And now it appears the time has come on her radio show this weekend. Premier Danielle Smith saying, doesn't really have much choice. She's got to do it. Well, I have to tell you, I don't want to do this. I, I, I really did. From the very first conversation I had with Justin Trudeau, say I wanted to work with him on this. We put it together, the table, with uh, negotiators so that we could find areas of common ground. But Stephen Guibault, I don't know. He's a maverick. He doesn't seem to care about the law, doesn't care about the Constitution. I do, and we're going to make sure that we assert that. Uh, the Premier saying that today, the Sovereignty Act, a resolution will be introduced in the Alberta legislature. We'll get more details around exactly what it's going to look like. We know it surrounds the federal clean energy regulations, which are proposals in draft form right now. So as you heard, Premier Daniel Smith fed up with Ottawa, and this is the next step. So what does it mean? Where do we go from here? We're going to speak with Eric Adams, legal historian, constitutional scholar. He's a lawyer. He's a law professor at the University of Alberta. Eric, thanks so much for being here. Always appreciate your time. Yeah, glad to be here, Shay. Okay, so let's start with what we know for sure. The act being deployed today deals with the issues of constitutionality and whether or not Ottawa is overstepping its jurisdiction. Premier's right. Courts have issued at least two partial verdicts recently saying that Ottawa has been overstepping these areas. So with the clean energy regulations, where does the law fall on that one? Could this potentially be overreach on behalf of the federal government? Oh, I think there's a there's there's not a bad argument that the clean energy regulations, which again are not currently a law but just a proposed law, could uh, also be unconstitutional because of an overreach into provincial jurisdiction. So, for for listeners who will have heard some of this, it's it's basically a. a through the criminal law power, the, the 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 federal government is saying that it has the jurisdiction to tell electricity generators that they've got to be basically net zero starting in 2035, with some you know grandfathering um, extending the, the the term beyond that for some kinds of facilities. But basically, the question is for a constitutional lawyer: Well, can uh, the federal parliament uh, enact laws dealing with uh, greenhouse gas emissions of electricity facilities? under the criminal law power. And um, I don't think anybody that tells you they exactly know the answer to that um, uh, is being accurate because we've never had a case precisely about that. We know that the federal uh, environmental legislation has been upheld under uh, the criminal law power and that the courts have said absolutely the federal government can use the criminal law power to enact uh, environmental 
legislation. You can't release toxic chemicals from your uh, oil sands mine. Um, that's valid criminal law. Uh, is it valid criminal law to stop the generation of greenhouse gases? Well, we don't have an answer to that question. And when Ms. Mez, when Ms. Smith says, uh, well, we've, we've, had, we've just won two court cases about these kinds of things, she's right um, that they did just win two court cases. One of them is now under appeal. But not addressing this specific issue. So we don't know the answer to that. Gotcha. Okay, now help me out here because my understanding is we're talking about the clean energy regulations, which at this point in time, Eric, are not even, we don't know necessarily what they are. We have a general idea, like you said, it's the 2035 versus 2050, but these are draft proposals and what's going on right now is a consultation process and I know Alberta's saying they wanted to be there collaboratively working with Ottawa on what these ultimately may look like. How can you argue the constitutionality of proposed regulations. Don't you need to wait and see what they actually are? It, it, uh, th- that's a pretty sensible argument, but it's possible, of course, that what is being uh, hoped for here is that the use of the Sovereignty Act is actually um, a kind of a, a, a strategy in in having impact on the ultimate form of of, of those consultations, in order to reduce the uh, the severity, I suppose, of the of the legislation, or or to re- really um, have Alberta's position put more strongly in, in those consultations. So it could be part of a negotiating strategy, um, because you're right, we, we're looking at a law that doesn't yet exist, and more than that, we're looking at a law whose a principal a legal effect won't kick in until 2035. So it's not like anything Alberta can say today in the legislature is going to have an immediate impact because A, the law doesn't exist, and B, even if it did exist, we're talking about uh, restrictions on greenhouse gas emissions that are going to exist uh, you know, after my children are married. So uh, we're, we're looking a long way into the future here. Okay, so uh, in the short term with the Sovereignty Act and uh, what it can and can't do uh, there's a lot of you know it's Jason Kenney called it a, a full of you know uh, confrontation of the rule of law in this country what do we know what like what might it say it, it, do we just reject any laws that come in from Ottawa does it end up in court I mean what does the sovereignty act give Alberta the right to do or the power to do uh, it, it, it's not a very good guest to, uh, on a radio show who says, well, we, 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 what we don't know is a lot more than what we do know. I'm, ne- I'm never going to get invited back. Um, so, look, here's what we know, it's, it's, it, and this is what I'm confident about, is that there, there will be a motion in the legislature that will declare very loudly that the Alberta legislature is of the opinion that, that this federal legislation is unconstitutional. And so they'll make that announcement. It's like when Michael Scott on The Office, you know, I declare bankruptcy, and he sort of yelled it out to the office. I mean, you can, I guess you can declare that you think something is unconstitutional. Uh, the question, though, is, well, what flows from that? Okay, so you're, you think something's unconstitutional. Now what? And the now what has always been the biggest part of the Sovereignty Act that no one has ever right. really known, including, I think, the government that created it, to be perfectly frank, except that they will be able to direct provincial entities, things in the province, um, to do or not do things. We don't quite know what that means. Um, so what will we see with these clean energy regs? Well, we'll see them announce that the thing is unconstitutional, the thing that doesn't yet exist. And then we'll see what what specific directions flow from that. I mean, it would could they direct police forces not to uh, comply with the law? Maybe, but 
A, the law doesn't exist, and B, it's not going to be in legal effect until 2035. So, I mean, they better, you know, give themselves a, a, a future email uh, to remind themselves, the police forces, that this is going to come up in, <laughs> in 20 years. I don't know. Um, and provincial entities uh, can, t- can take these directives from the province. But of course, our electrical generating facilities are not provincial entities. They're mostly private um, operations. And so they don't fall under the terms of the Alberta Sovereignty Act. Uh, so it's a little bit of a muddle. And I'm not going to have a better answer for you till I take a look at what they are proposing later today. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, but that's an important distinction that you just made there, and the Premier even talked about it. You know, we we, we don't want to get ourselves in a position, you know, like Sask, Saskatchewan just came out, and it's a different rule. It's a Crown Corporation there. It's entirely different. The, the government can dictate what they do, but private operators, I mean, this can't get involved with that. It can't get involved with anything that is federally regulated, so it's a pretty narrow window of what the province can and can't do based on, as we're talking about, constitutionality and jurisdiction here. Yes, and it may be just stated at a very vague uh, level, which is that the province uh, directs itself not to cooperate with the, the federal government. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe that's true, and maybe it can say that. Um, and that may appease the kind of political base that they're hoping to appease with this kind of maneuver. And it may not amount to very much. I mean, the more that they they, they want the Sovereignty Act to do, the more constitutionally suspect it becomes if it's simply if it's simply about pronouncing that we're not we don't like this and that we're not going to uh, agree to play with you in the sandbox about this anymore well you know maybe that's fine and not much flows from that but the minute they say and now here's what we're going to do we're going to bar federal officials from walking onto um, you know the provincial soil uh, or you know you're not allowed to access uh, a generating facility um, as soon as they start to think about that, then the constitutional lawyers sharpen their pencils uh, and their typewriters and they, they say, well, we'll see you in court because that's that's probably not going to fly. That That's my takeaway, Eric, and I'm glad we got there because to me it's sort of like lawyers everywhere are just salivating at this because we're setting up court case after court case after court case, aren't we? Ultimately, that's where this leads depending on how far down the road we go. I wish it was otherwise, um, but yeah, I think that's right. The, 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 we're off the map in terms of the, the tried and tested rules of constitutional law. The, the province broke the mold with the Sovereignty Act, that we're going to do things differently. And uh, we're going to give ourselves uh, these powers. We've never seen them in Canada before to start declaring federal laws unconstitutional and then to direct our entities in the province to do things about that. Um, there's no roadmap here. And when you're off the map, uh, it's certain that um, you're going to end up in court. So you're right. All right, Eric, and like you say, we'll get more details this afternoon, and maybe it's just, as you say, negotiation or pressure. I don't know, but we'll find out, and we'll see where it leads. And uh, thanks so much for getting us off on the right foot here. I appreciate it, Eric. Terrific.